Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches and expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. Today, we're digging a little deep dive into hunger hormones, satiety, cravings, um, why you feel hungry sometimes, why you don't, uh, what hormones are involved in this regulation process, and how we can, I'm not going to say combat these, how we can understand these will be uh, the most important thing to do first. Um, And then I think once we have a better understanding of some of these hunger hormones, it will be easier for us to uh, maybe understand um, the, it's, it's very much like a seesaw effect. Okay. So I'm going to dig straight in. I'm going to dive right in the deep end here. And the two main hormones we're going to discuss, first and foremost, you probably guessed it, uh, ghrelin and leptin. So the best analogy I can use for you is to imagine a seesaw. Okay. So imagine a seesaw in which you have either leptin is slightly higher or ghrelin is slightly higher okay so that's the first uh the first best place to um to kind of gauge your visual um mind right now so let's just say before eating okay now before eating let's just say your leptin is a little higher than your ghrelin okay so ghrelin being slightly lower is produced by cells in the gastrointestinal tract in the stomach. Okay. So what that means is, um, if you, um, if it's before eating, then your ghrelin, um, will be slightly lower or slightly less than, uh, your leptin will be. So, um, your body hasn't given a signal to say, or, or hasn't been secreted, um, because there is nothing in your digestive system yet. However, leptin, on the other hand, is um, a little bit higher or is sending a signal that you may need to eat for whatever reason. Having eaten, the seesaw changes slightly. So what happens is ghrelin becomes, um, ghrelin is obviously higher in the sense, um, in satiety uh, senses, because it is produced by the cells in the gastrointestinal tract in relation to whether your stomach is full or not. Okay. On the flip side of the coin, leptin is a hormone that is made by adipose tissue. And um, for obvious reasons, if you are in a scenario where, let's say, you are lacking body fat or your body thinks that you need to eat a little bit more, your body will auto-regulate itself accordingly. Okay, So that's a good place for us to imagine this leptin, ghrelin, say... um, communication and these signals go to your brain okay so let's just say appetite and hunger hormones in in a sense so there's also insulin okay and what is called incretin so incretin is um an initiation response to the pancreas um we can touch on that as well also so let's go there first okay so Incretin action is 
often a response to other um, genes or protein expression um, that let's say um, GLP-1, I think is, is one of those and GIP. And these are uh, hormones or proteins that are initiated in a cascade once there is a certain level of, of food or nutrients in the digestive system. And this sends a signal to the pancreas to produce insulin. Okay. Now, this obviously, um, you know, w- when we talk about the vast majority of the, um, the hormones in the body are actually regulated by the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. Um, and this is very much like the, uh, the switchboard is, is, is probably the best way to, to um, and, you know, use that analogy. So ghrelin, so, so this, is, this happens once your body initiates or signals that there's food in place. And insulin, as we know, we're not going to go into insulin sensitivity or what insulin does. We talk about that in almost all of the other podcasts. So, but that, but that is something that happens in, in response to food in the digestive system, as is ghrelin. Okay. So this also, as you can imagine, sends a signal to, uh, from the digestive system, generally the small intestine, but also the stomach to the same location, the hypothalamus. Um, and what this does is it recognizes that there is food or an absence of food either way in your digestive system. And then satiety is either uh, increased or decreased, um, you know, depending. Leptin, on the other hand, is almost works in a counterbalance to, but, but is nothing to do with the digestive system in that sense. It's to do and a signal that is given off um, by adipose tissue. Okay, so adiponectin. So um, this is something that happens, um, let's say, if your body identifies that your body fat levels are going a little lower, then it will cause an either increase or decrease, depending of leptin, which will tell your brainstem to, you know, you may need some food here. Um, you know, if something happened and, you know, saber-toothed tiger or something, had, you know, was, was, was going wrong, that you would need a certain amount of um, food or a certain amount of uh, nutrients to combat, um, you know, any excursions or any um, outings that you may need to uh, to fund with calories. Okay, so as you can imagine, um, things you know, things that you do on a daily basis will. Um, have an impact, um, you know, depending on, you know, let's say, what are some of the the best effects of weight loss on hormones, or um, what would happen in relation to hormones and weight loss? So there's a thyroid hormone, okay, so when this goes down, it reduces your metabolic rate, or it um, slows down the synthesis or the uh, metabolites or the metabolic machinery that happen in your body when leptin goes down it reduces your metabolic rate increases hunger and uh, affects numerous other hormones when ghrelin goes up this increases hunger as we mentioned before when insulin goes down increase hunger and threatens muscle retention when testosterone goes down it'll threaten muscle retention as well uh, and reproductive side effects, of course, in men, for example. Now, estradiol is is a hormone that we um, are uh, aware of. Um, 
you know, it's for example, estrogen. Uh, this will threaten bone health and reproductive side effects in females. Cortisol going up will blunt uh, leptin activity. Um, water retention occurs and has an effect on the appetite and the lean mass retention. So you can start to see the impact that some of these hormones have on you know, some of the aspects of performance or uh, muscle building or weight loss, fat loss, whatever it may be. And the reason why we may want to be aware of what these things do. So how can you adapt a strategy to combat these? Some of you will use refeeds. Some of you will use cheat days. Some of you will use cheat meals, whatever that definition is for you. Some of you will just get used to a diet or a nutritional program that you can stick to on a more regular basis that encompasses various aspects of food you like, food you don't like, um, satisfies your hunger, satisfies your cravings, etc., satisfies your energy levels. So there are effects on major hormones um, in relation to adipose tissue, uh, gastrointestinal tract, and pancreas um, adaptations. Um, If you look at, let's say, the white adipose tissue in particular, so fat cells, this secretes the leptin, okay? Now, leptin, when secreted, um, will obviously go to the hypothalamus and the brainstem, and this controls hunger energy expenditure and your body temperature for obvious reasons. If your body feels like there is a lack of uh, fat tissue or a um, a surplus in fat tissue, then your body may need to regulate its temperature accordingly. Your energy expenditure will be regulated accordingly. Your hunger may be regulated accordingly. You start to see how it's very much a safety mechanism. If we look at the gastrointestinal tract, the stomach, small intestine, you have, um, let's say, various um, hormones released. So you've got gastrin, which um, uh, initiates or um, causes a uh, an impact on the stomach in particular. You have um, cholestokinin, which is a gallbladder, and uh, you've secretin, which is pancreas. Um, and these are the various Um, say hormones that are released that uh, have an impact or hormones that are released that have an impact on the stomach, the gallbladder and the pancreas um, respectively. So how would say gastrin impact the stomach? So as you can imagine, it will release more acid or pepsin, which breaks down uh, protein. Um, It will contract um, some of the, say the pyloric regions of the stomach. Um, it will increase motility for digestion. Okay, start to g- gather what's going on here. Um, then how will um, the gallbladder react? So it releases bile. Um, and the pancreas secretes water, um, biocarbonates. Um, and of course, as we know, um, you know insulin is released, uh, which we'll go on to now in the islets of Langerhans is the, the various aspects or cells of the pancreas that will produce insulin or glucagon, depending. Okay. So um, these are, uh, as we know, some of the more common hormones that we talk about a lot 
and what impacts they have on the human body. Okay. So be it the liver, be it the muscle, be it adipose tissue, um, because these all absorb glucose from the blood. Okay. So that's something that I think we need to be a little bit more aware of from the outset and the outside. Um, there's also a PYY hormone. So this is secreted by the small intestine after meals. And this actually acts as an appetite suppressant, which counteracts uh, the ap appetite stimulant ghrelin. Um, and then obviously a rise in blood sugar levels after a meal stimulates the pancreas to secrete insulin, as we mentioned already. So having a better understanding of how this happens on a physiological level gives us a lot more insight, gives us a better understanding of how we can, let's say, optimize our food in accordance, uh, optimize the times that we should be eating, we could be eating, we may go through a period of time where we're not eating so much, etc, etc. Um, and how we can put a strategy in place, as we do with our students, depending on someone's limitations of these hormones. Now, as you can imagine, hormones can vary and differ hugely between individuals. Now, leptin and ghrelin and NAD satiety hormones are no different. So if you take into consideration, let's say some people have higher testosterone than others, some people have higher uh, estrogen than others, some people will have a better regulation of ghrelin and leptin than others, which means, of course, that some people will find it easier or more difficult or more challenging or, um, you know, depending on their, their, say, ability to control urges. Um, some people will go hours and hours and days and days without a huge amount of food and it won't bother them as much. For some of you, not the case. Um, and this is something just to, we need to be aware of. Okay. You know, and I think when we are um, constructing strategies or plans um, with our programming, our nutritional programming, our supplemental programming, our sleep, our, our strategy with, with our students, it's important that we take a lot of these into consideration as a coaching team, as a business, as a, as a strategy to help people, not just, it's not a case of this is what's optimal for you. It's also, okay, this is going to be pretty optimal for you, but is it realistic? Can you withstand the stress of not eating? Can you optimize these various aspects of um, the program and stick to these stringent levels of nutrition? And if not, well, that's fine. But how can we then adopt various aspects of refeeds or foods that are going to, uh, well, let's say, allow you to be a little bit more flexible with your nutrition and not completely um, destroy, vandalize the results that you're making on a continual basis. And that is what coaching is. That is what real coaching is. Because giving someone a meticulously perfect nutrition training supplement program is easy. Finding one that's bespoke to the individual is a little bit more challenging, but it's easy. 
finding something that can be adhered to or communicating with the client to allow them to communicate back with you is what coaching really is. And that's a relationship that builds over time. And I think it's, uh, it's a very, it's a very obvious one that we speak about, uh, you know, within our mentorship, within our, you know, the Cover Model Academy, the Accelerator, and any of our programs with our students on calls, face to face, whatever it may be. This is a, a communication that goes both ways. And this is a communication that I feel as a coaching team or as a coach, if you're listening to this and, and you're a coach yourself, these are things that you need to be very uh, aware of when you are communicating, um, you know, this message with your, you know, with your, um, with your, with, with your clients. And it's something that I feel is, is definitely not done enough. I feel, and it could be a mixture of, um, coaches not really fully understanding um it could be a mixture of maybe the general population not realizing how important it is to optimize some of um these aspects of their program and a little bit of ignorance i think when it's oh i just need a nutrition program and a training regime when it's so much more than that so you know, there's no, there's, there's no perfect formula when the individual is um, individual, right? So how can you, it then comes down to putting principles in place for the individual. And, but from a, we're talking from a scientific standpoint, but from a practical standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, how can you put things in place that allow an open communication to the student, an open communication in your coaching development? Um, and I'm speaking to you guys now as if, you know, used to get a better understanding of that coaching is a little bit more conscious than just training and nutrition and supplementation. Um, so we can talk about the science all of the time. But I think the science varies depending on the capabilities of the individual. So I think that's something just to be, just just to be of note and and, and to be aware of. So let's have a look. What 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 can we discuss that I think is important that we haven't touched on already? Um, we get a lot of questions about the type of cheats or refeeds that one can have and it's it's a very difficult question to answer um what i would say is there are various um adaptations that will happen on a physiological level when you have food obviously when you have some foods when you have some and and we use this phrase all the time within within the the cover model academy we say you know go for foods that like you not just foods that you like and i think that's that's something that is definitely overlooked from a coaching standpoint but also from a um being a client standpoint and just being aware of some of these hormones i think is huge if we were to look a little deeper into leptin for example Leptin does more than just regulate hunger and satiety. It'll increase heart rate. Uh, it regulates bone mass. 
Um, it regulates the menstrual cycle or aspects of the menstrual cycle. It helps regulate the synthesis of thyroid hormones, which a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, it decreases glucose stimulated insulin secretion. So when you have glucose um, stimulated insulin secretion, so if you have um, you know a, a cascade of insulin secretion from the pancreas due to an abundance or the presence of glucose in the blood, leptin will decrease this. Um, and the reason it does that is obviously it's a feedback mechanism or it's a feedback loop. You'll have a high uh, or, or an increased uh, level of blood pressure. Uh, your, your, your blood pressure will increase. Um, you know, you will, uh, and then of course have various aspects that it will affect, um, you know, in, in terms of the brain. Now this happens in the, in the brainstem and the hypothalamus, um, which obviously, as we know, controls hunger, but as I mentioned already, it will also control energy expenditure. So if you understand what your body's trying to do here, your body is trying to conserve energy in this sense. So, um, the signal of course is coming from white adipose tissue, not darker adipose tissue is coming from white adipose tissue. Um, it'll also regulate your body temperature. Now, the reason it does this is because your body is sensing that you are having either a, uh, let, let, let's just say that your, your white adipose tissue is decreasing, which for you getting shredded is great, but for your body trying to look after itself, it realizes that, okay, body temperature needs to be regulated if, if, if let's say body fat's decreasing. So, and, and then if we look at say the three main hormones that we discuss in relation to gastrointestinal, um, let's say, uh, relationships with the pancreas, the gallbladder and the stomach, you've got gastrin with the stomach, as we mentioned. Um, but, but one that's probably not identified enough is, um, secretin, which obviously secretes water, but also biocarbonates from the pancreas into, um, you know, the digestive tract, um, which isn't always, of course, you know, a lot of digestion happens in the stomach. A lot happens in the duodenum or the small intestine or the, or the first part of the small intestine. Um, and then you go a little deeper into the pancreas itself. Um, and you will have not only the release of insulin, but also the release of glucagon, um, glucagon specifically, um, you know, releases glucose into the blood from the liver or breaks down, um, you know, say, uh, glucose from glycogen stores, um, in the liver on the flip side of the coin, obviously insulin, um, you know, will obviously uptake or absorb glucose from the blood, not just to muscle tissue, but also to the liver, um, and also to adipose tissue. So, you know, being aware of your insulin sensitivity or the presence of what's in your blood during an insulin spike can be can be pretty important as well. So a lot of this secretion happens obviously throughout your body, but a lot of this happens in your hypothalamus or your brainstem. And being a little bit more aware of it, this plethora of um, of exchanges and um, mechanisms and pathways is is far more broad broader than just i'm hungry i need to eat how you can adjust your eating accordingly is going to be really important how you can address um maybe regulating this is important because in an ideal world you could get a nutritional program and, and just go off and you'd be perfect forever um as long as you're in a deficit and it satisfies your recovery and all of these things but that's not practical 
and that's not coaching. Coaching is a deeper dive into improving adherence, improving communication, improving trust, improving buy-in. That's what coaching is. Giving someone someone a nutrition program that puts someone in a deficit is easy. Giving someone uh, some macros is easy. That's not what you pay for when you go for coaching or you apply for coaching or you look for someone to coach you. You don't go for a, it's, you just don't like it, it's there are exceptions and even if you look at competitive bodybuilding or um let's say fitness model show or people who are competing generally what they often don't see is okay how is my coach communicating with me do i have buy-in do they understand where i'm at in relation to my stress or my sleep or my digestion or all of the other things that are important because a human body isn't just a machine. It's a very efficient machine in some ways, but it's also a very complex hormonal machine that has feelings and that's that needs to sleep and that gets stressed. And um, any one of these things can impact performance on a grand scale, on a huge scale. So being aware of all of these um, these pathways you know, you don't have to learn them off, but just being aware of the complexity of some of these can be really valuable. Um, you know, and I think, okay, you can look at, um, you know, adrenaline and even adrenaline will play a part, you know, in, in terms of adrenal fatigue. So you've got uh, glucosteroids increasing, decreasing in relation to appetite. You've got um, norepinephrine or, or what we call noradrenaline uh, increasing, decreasing in relation in relation to appetite. Um, you know, you've got sex hormones increasing, decreasing in relation to appetite and food and satiety and, and leptin, adipose tissues, uh, glucagon, insulin, um, somatostatin. There's, there's a vast array of hormones that are involved in this process. So if you go through a stage of um, deprivation or a large scale um, crash diet, it can be okay for a while, but making sure that you find some form of normalization or a whatever in, in inverted commas healthy level is for you is going to be so important when it comes to, um, let's say, identifying your capabilities and what you're able to achieve um, during the duration or the sustained period of you being, let's say, in a deficit, let's say, in a cut, or if you're doing a photo shoot, um, you know, there's there's so many avenues you can go down here. But the biggest mistake and the most fundamental mistake that I feel that we'll make is identifying that coaching is far more than just a nutritional program. That it's far more than just a um, a program that can be written and it's it's understanding all of these because as a coach even from a scientific standpoint most of what we just discovered or discussed can't be identified um you know just like that it's something that will will require you to understand the client will um force you to dig a little deeper into how they feel and and actually god forbid getting to know that person as a human being, which is what we absolutely pride ourselves on doing is bridging that gap. Um, 
So hopefully that gives you a better understanding into the science, but the importance. And I know I touched on a lot of those scientific terms, but the emphasis really is on the fact that any of these one terms is great, but it's absolutely nothing without a fundamental understanding of the human, of the person. Um, and a lot of what we just touched on here can't necessarily be measured other than the information or the accumulation of data that you get from uh, each student as they check in, as they discuss how they feel, as they articulate what's important or what's going on or what stresses are in place. And it's only then you start to build maybe a better understanding of you know how we can optimize each program or each routine for each individual um, but by no means will it be solved in a six-week cut or a 12-week program which is why most of our programs um, you know have a have a minimum commitment of almost a year uh, some we do six months but the vast majority it's a it's a year-long thing because we we aren't looking for just a quick fix. Um, if you're out there and you've been in pretty good shape all your life and you've just been off the wagon for a few weeks and you want to get back in shape, yeah, that'll you know that won't take too long. But for us to fundamentally help the people that we want to help at the level that we expect to give them help and guidance, that takes time. That takes time and and it's a it's a commitment we're willing to make. We're willing to make um to help whoever is committed to to achieve and uh and, and and hit their goals i hope that's been useful um i hope you you found some value um as always the best place that you can go if you want any more information about anything that we discuss is uh is facebook um is to jump in our facebook community our facebook group um and we've got a huge amount of info in there. If you're listening to this, you may be listening live. If you're listening in the podcast, then there will be a link below this to join our Facebook group. And would absolutely love you to do so. Uh, it's absolutely free, of course, part of our community. Um, and we will do our best to educate you, guide you, and help you live your, uh, your greatest, your best, and your most efficient um, while you're on this journey. Uh, whatever that journey is for you, whether it's just life, whether it's a cut, whether it's a photo shoot or whatever it may be. As always, I'm going to leave you with the same quote that I leave you at the end of every podcast. Make the most of today. You will not get this day again. Peace. Guys, as always, there are multiple ways that you can get cover model ready or get that cover model body of your dreams absolutely for free with us. Uh, the first is, of course, by clicking the link below, you can get started. You can download one of our guides, be it a training, nutritional guide. Um, we have multiple to choose from. Uh, secondly, you can join our free training support group. This is on Facebook uh, where we do lives. I record a lot of these episodes in there, as you guys have seen, and uh, we add a huge amount of exercise execution video content in there, tips, tricks, downloads, um, and it's a great community now with nearly four, five, six thousand people um, that are all coming together that have the same positive uh, goals, um, you know, over, let's say, the next one to two years, our plan is to help tens of thousands of people for free in that group, and we would love you to be a part of it. Uh, last but not least, um, you also have the ability to book a free strategy call with myself and my team. Um, this, we, you know, used to sell these on the website for anything from 500, 600 pounds a go. 
Um, this is basically a brainstorm where we sit down with you and we talk you through the exact roadblocks that you have ahead of you, the challenges that you've been facing, and really map out um, you know, what the next six to nine months, even 12 months looks like for you. Um, I can't stress, this is not a sales call. This is nothing about our program. This is very much about you as a thank you, first and foremost, to listening to the podcast. And secondly, we see so much value in adding so much um, applicable knowledge, knowing that you guys are going to go away and kill it. Um, and of course, you know, some of you guys see the value of that call and go, wow, you know what? It makes absolute sense. I would love some help. And that's great. Um, but first and foremost, it's a give. Um, whatever you guys are doing, I hope you're staying safe. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You guys know this is a, you know, a, the biggest guilty pleasure that I have. And I love being able to impact as many views as I absolutely can on a weekly basis. Peace. Your life, the story's not over.